0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is May 27th, 2020, which means I'm on day 165 in a row of 365 promised episodes. It brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. Well, it looks like the planned reopening of both Disney World and SeaWorld is underway, with Disney shooting for mid-July, with a few rules set in place, including checking guests' and workers' temperatures upon arrival, so expect to get your temp taken at least one time when you go to Disneyland or Disney World, And you have to wear a mask. And there's still social distancing guidelines in place even while you wait in line. And they're putting plexiglass at all the registers of every shop and there's no parades and there's no fireworks and there's no children's playgrounds. Just all the fun taken away pretty much. And they've hired a special imagination squad of sanitation that is going to walk around and regulate people's social distancing to ensure that people are abiding by the guidelines. And I just think absolutely all the fun is being taken out of Disneyland. They're going to require people to hand sanitize upon entering a ride and upon exiting a ride. I mean, by the time you do all these things that they expect of you, you'll have lost half a day at Disneyland. And the whole point is to maximize the amount of fun in one day considering the extremely high price. When you go to a show at SeaWorld, they're going to stagger the seating now so people can't pack into each other like they used to. The bleachers will have you know, maybe one person every six feet, I guess, if that's the rules, and there's just going to be a whole lot of annoying, ticky-tack little regulations and rules that a lot of people aren't going to want to abide by, and then they're going to start kicking people out, and it just makes it to where the happiest place on earth is the most annoying place on earth, and I just don't know if a lot of people are going to like this. I mean, I guess this is what you have to do, because this is what is required for reopening. But perhaps you just wait another month and open normally. Because doing all this, you know, just seems like people who have annual passes and are like, all right, finally I get to use my pass that I've been paying for every month. And then when they show up and there's all these stupid, annoying things they have to do, nobody's going to enjoy this. It's just going to become a place that is annoying and not a place for happiness and joy. Either way, I'm going to try out SeaWorld, which supposedly opens early June, around June 11th, they say. I'm not going to go that day. I'm sure it'll be packed full of germaphobes and weirdos. Maybe I'll wait an additional couple weeks, but I got to maximize the use of this annual pass before it's a complete waste. History will be made today, folks, as the SpaceX Crew Dragon will fly into outer space with a couple of astronauts aboard, making this the first American-made shuttle to the space station, the International Space Station, since the space shuttles of NASA, which were years ago, And since they have been retired, Americans have relied on the Russians to get to the International Space Station. But with this new SpaceX rocket being tested today with two astronauts aboard, we shall see if there is a future to send our people to the southern side of the moon. They say by 2024, they want a full expedition to the moon to take place, which has obviously not happened since the 60s and some believe it didn't even happen then. Now, I, I'm i one of the people, I do believe we landed on the moon and came back successfully. I 100% believe that. Do I believe that it's been far too long since we've done it again? Yes. I mean, seriously, far too long. 60 plus years. That seems like a long time to me. But I guess they they were waiting for some sort of privately funded company such as SpaceX to rake in enough dough to make it happen because NASA just couldn't cut the check once again. You know, with their budget not being high enough, they need to pair up with these type of companies. And today is a historical day as we shall see if it is a successful mission launch with two astronauts aboard, which will then lead to a higher amount of astronauts on board the Crew Dragon of SpaceX on the next mission, which will be all the way to the southern pole of the moon. Now, that is exciting stuff, but I got to admit, I would never want to be either of these two guys in a rocket that we are not certain will positively do what is expected of it and return safely. It just seems like, I don't know, not something I want to be the test subject for. You know, I mean, I'll test certain things food, you know, a new bicycle, maybe even. But I'm not trying to be the guy who's testing a new rocket going to outer space. That just seems like a questionable option. But these guys are seriously ballsy and I respect them for it. And supposedly this rocket itself is, you know, prepared to be in space for about 120 days using its solar panels to gain and sustain power to its engines. Therefore giving it about three months' worth of possible, you know, power itself for it to get back. So, it's, it's a reusable rocket. That's the thing. Every aspect of it is reusable, so it should be able to send people back up after it returns, hereby saving tons and tons of money and not using as much, you know, not throwing as much trash into space like we previously used to. I gotta say, I'm excited about this, and I can't wait to see what happens, and I really seriously hope all goes well for these astronauts. Yay! Now, folks, it seems like a lot of people these days are Marvel fans. It's Marvel this, it's Marvel that, but for me, I was always a DC fan growing up. My brother liked Marvel, I liked DC. Don't get me wrong, I like Marvel comics as well. But I never thought they were as original as DC with Superman, the Justice League, Batman being my favorite comic book character of all time. With that being said, I've got some good news about the DC Extended Universe, which is now their official name of all their collaborative universal pictures that have come together regarding their comics. It's called the DC Extended Universe. And they have a pretty impressive schedule slated for their next batch of movies all in the next couple of years. Whereas Marvel has their stuff spread out for like years and years. We're going to forget about some of these characters by the time they even come out with them. And that's because Disney always halts production on everything and expects everything to be perfect. And that just isn't the case. So here is the upcoming schedule for DC that I think everyone will appreciate regarding the movies for the extended universe. Wonder Woman 1984 will be coming out in August 14th of 2020, this year. That's not long to wait. The Suicide Squad, a potential reboot of Suicide Squad, called The Suicide Squad, August 6th, 2021, about a year after Wonder Woman 1984, But then, not so long after that, The Batman, which, as we know, will star Robert Pattinson as Batman himself, which I I can't wait to see that. You know, the guy seems dark enough. He already played a vampire who barely spoke. That'll be October 21st, 2021. Then Black Adam in December 22nd, 2021. So there's three movies, like, real quick in a row right there that I'm really excited about. Black Adam, as you may know, will be played by none other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is super excited about this flick, saying that he expects it to just blow people away. Then after that comes a questionable option in DC Super Pets, which I do remember the comic of when I was young. You know, there's like a... It's basically like the whole Justice League of super pets. There's a superman dog, there's a, you know, flash dog. There's just I don't know, a bunch of super pets. And I'm not certain this will be a hit, but it will exist on May 20th, 2020 or 2022. Then the Flash, which I thought was going to have Ezra Miller, but due to his strange and unusual behavior lately, It seems as though they may may recast somebody else for The Flash coming out June 3rd, 2022, if they already haven't, because it seems like a small window to not have somebody already in mind, or perhaps it will be Ezra Miller. I'm not sure. I hope it will be, although he's strange and does weird things like, you know, knock a woman down to the ground in public and get it on camera. I don't know what his sense of humor is, but he does a very good Flash, and I want to see him as The Flash. Coming up after The Flash is Shazam 2, November 4th, 2022. Now, Shazam 1, or just Shazam, I should call it, is a very interesting movie. I'm not sure it it was welcomed as much as it could have been, but with the addition of his friends gaining powers as well, Shazam 2 should be more interesting and have a lot more to it, and I think it'll be more of a hit than the original. Not so sure about Aquaman 2. I know Jason Momoa will reprise his role as Aquaman, and that's coming out December 16th, 2022, which is actually only a month after Shazam 2, which is coming out November 4th, 2022. So you got two movies in a month, coming out, and they're both the second movies in their series. Now, I I gotta say, Momoa as Aquaman to me is great, but I always pictured Aquaman as somewhat of a kind of skinny, short-haired fellow, and Momoa is more like a giant, Hawaiian, long-haired, almost hippie type with tattoos, but either way, I mean, I, I like seeing the guy. He's a great actor. He does well, And he brings a sort of darker side to Aquaman. So Aquaman 2 certainly should be a hit. And this is the long slate of scheduled DC Extended Universe movies we can come to expect in the next two years. I'm excited. They've got a lot more content coming out movie-wise than Marvel. And the whole Who Will Fight Mike Tyson saga continues... Now with Tyson Fury, the current heavyweight champ, claiming that he was offered a chance to fight Mike Tyson as well in an exhibition recently, as recent as February of this year. However, after he said he received a phone call asking, would you like to fight Mike Tyson? And he said, hell yeah, I would totally be down for that. Nothing ever materialized out of it. And now it does look as though Mike Tyson will be fighting Evander Holyfield for their third match and most likely final, which will see a 53-year-old Mike Tyson against a 57-year-old Evander Holyfield. Take out the crutches. Get the walkers ready. We're going to need a couple of wheelchairs after this one, folks, because I am not positive that these guys will be able to walk after a boxing match against each other. I mean, this is just a crazy idea that will certainly bring every old school boxing fan out of the darkness and prepare themselves for one final entertaining battle between two of their favorites in Tyson and Holyfield. I cannot wait. More details are soon to come. However, this Saturday, we get to watch fights anyways, because UFC will once again put on another unbelievable MMA fight card for all of us to enjoy on Saturday The 30th of May. I cannot wait. Although one fighter has already had to bow out because of an injury. It does not matter to me because there is no other live sports whatsoever currently taking place. And I cannot wait for another batch of wonderful MMA fights this Saturday in the UFC. Thank you, Dana White. And let's hope that it won't be too long before we see Holyfield versus Tyson. The mini cereal breakfast item craze continues. First, we saw the mini pancake cereal, where people were just putting little teeny drops of pancakes onto a pan and not even flipping all of them. Some of them flip, whatever, just getting them all finished and then putting them in a bowl with milk and eating them as cereal. Then, we saw mini waffles, then mini donuts. Now... It's mini croissants. Yes, a mini croissant bowl of cereal. Now, I'm sure one of the breakfast cereal companies is going to pick this up within a month and we'll see it on shelves. But until then, you can make these yourself and it's not as difficult as you might expect. You can just buy pre-made Pillsbury croissant dough and cut really teeny small triangles yourself and roll them up, bake them quickly because they're small, and then there you have it. Pour them in a bowl with milk, add, you know, some bananas or strawberries or something to to lighten it up a little bit, and you've got yourself a bowl of mini croissant cereal. Don't ask me why people are doing this. I don't know. It's just one of those, you know, online TikTok trends that people are obsessed with right now. I'm not going to do it personally. But it is that simple if you must. Now, I just don't understand why all these breaded breakfast cereal or breaded breakfast items are ending up in a bowl of cereal. Where's the bowl of bacon cereal? You know, how about Egg McMuffin's cereal? Or hash browns or all the other stuff that I like. It sounds terrible to you, but I love the fattening side of breakfast. I don't eat the breaded stuff that often. I go after the protein. That's what I need. Give me sausage cereal, please. Folks, it is time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast we've all been waiting for that is known as Real Stories Brought to You by Myself and Barbecuesion. That's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N today, folks. I'm going to tell you about the story of when I got a $250 ticket at a disc golf course. Yeah, that sounds pretty unlikely, but not for me. So you can imagine, for some reason or other, in Oregon, there's a lot of outdoor activities prepared for people to enjoy, even though it rains, I'd say, 70% of the year. So don't ask me why we go out expecting it to be nice weather, because it never is, but we do. Now, I don't live there anymore, but when I did, I enjoyed disc golfing. I went to all kinds of courses. There was a disc golf course in Newburgh. There was a disc golf course in Hillsboro. There was one in Portland I liked. There was one in... Shampooey State Park, which is spelled Champoig, It's a Native American name, just like everything else in Oregon is. So, I went to one called Orchards, which is in Hillsboro, Oregon. You know, it's kind of on the cusp of Hillsborough and Aloha. And it, it was the closest one to my neighborhood, so I hit it up all the time. And it's a small course. I think it's nine holes. You know, it's really mostly for practice. Because there's not a single hole longer than, like, 200 feet. You know, it, these, these holes are teeny. Maybe the longest one at 300. Now, I enjoyed the easiness of this park, of this disc golf course. Because, fact is, I'm not great. I never got the driving down like some people. I went out there with some people disc golfing at a, one place or another And these guys could launch the disc like 400 feet, and it was incredible. I could never do something like this. I was not that great. I'm talking they would launch the thing, and it would just blow my mind how far they could throw it. I never got that down. I don't know what it was. I couldn't spin my body like that and throw my arms out. I just struggled with the driving. The putting, I was pretty good at. The mid-range, I was great at. For me, it was all about the second shot, which was why I liked Orchard. Now, one day, I decided it would be a great idea. It was sunny. It looked nice outside to bring my dog with me. I'm like, hey, I got a dog. She's a yellow lab. She loves the outdoors, enjoying herself. At the time, I took her everywhere with me because everybody loved her. You know, she was the most favorite animal or pet I've ever had in my life. I currently have a little dog Not everybody loves her. She's kind of a yapper, jumps in your face. Some people want to smack her, whatever. But my dog, Rogue, was the best dog in the world. She actually passed away this year. It was very sad. So when I lived in Oregon and Rogue was young, I decided, let's take her to disc golf, you know, to go disc golfing at Orchard. And, you know, I knew that her leash was in the trunk. And so I just threw her in the back of the car, drove up there, I had my disc. I was ready to go. I get out of the car. There's no leash. I look in the trunk, in the back seat, everywhere I could find the leash. It's not there. I don't know why, because it was a secondary leash. I always had one in the house, and I had one in the car, and either my girlfriend at the time moved it or something, or I moved it, whatever the case, it wasn't there, and I was already at the park. Now, she had a collar on. Which to me, I was like, alright, that's good enough. She was seriously an obedient dog. If I yelled her name one time, she would be right by my side and there was no chance she was going to run away from me in any way. So I figured, worst case scenario, if there's something happening, I'll just yell for her and she'll come after me. So I stepped foot out of the parking lot, maybe 10 feet with my dog before I'm able to to even prepare which disc I'm going to throw on the first hole of the course at the beginning of the day, I got a park ranger, cop guy, whatever he is, up my ass like within a second. I don't even know where he came from. The guy came out of nowhere and all just automatically he starts writing a ticket for me. And I'm like, sir, what, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to need your ID. I'm like, why do you need my ID? He's like, I just need your ID to make sure that uh, you tell me the truth, uh, that this is your dog and everything, but it'll all be fine. Don't worry, I just need your ID. And so I'm thinking, all right, I mean, maybe he's just going to look at my ID, see that I'm over the age of an adult because I looked very young, and perhaps then he'll just send me on my way or tell me to, you know, not disc golf today with my dog that's not on a leash. So I give him my ID and he takes the information directly from the ID and writes me a $250 ticket without saying another word. Now I'm asking this guy what he's doing. I'm like, sir, what, what are you writing on that yellow piece of paper? Sir, please stop. Can you at least explain to me what's happening? Sir, what is going on? What are you doing? Nothing. He, he refused to even look at me, wouldn't talk to me, would not say a word. So of course, me being the obnoxious young lad that I was... I began to be very rude to this guy and talk about how he's a pathetic little worm who enjoys spending his day ruining other people's day by writing them tickets in a park when they're harming nobody. There wasn't even anyone there that day at all. I was the only person in the entire place. The parking lot was empty. It was just me, nobody else. He could have easily given me a warning and sent me on my way. He could have told me I couldn't enjoy the park that day and to just go home. I was feet away from my vehicle, and the guy was just a scumbag, just a filthy, rotten, dirty, just scumbag of a person. And I could not believe it. And he's like, "Here's your fine. it's 250 bucks." You can pay this way or that way, blah, blah, blah. I just started explaining to me the crap as he gives me the ticket. And I just went off on the guy. I'm like, you're a pathetic loser. Like, this is your job, you sick and sadistic bastard. And I just start ripping him to shreds. And I'm like, you ruined my day, so now I'm going to ruin yours. And I would not let him leave until I gave him just an earful which he probably did not give a crap about and thought was funny and just made me even look like more of a douchebag than I already was getting a $250 fine for having my dog at a park that I thought was 100% okay for having dogs off leash at. Now, I did not see a visible sign that says your dog must be on a leash. But I know for a fact that at disc golf courses, you got to have your dog on a leash for the most part because it's just like at a golf course, Except at golf courses, you're not even allowed to have a dog at all. So, I knew the rules were already fairly strict as far as having your dog on a leash. But my dog was the cutest ever. Like, she was so nice. She was all licking. And he he pet my dog. He, like, rubbed his hand. I'm like, don't touch her. Don't ever touch my dog, you piece of shit. You gave me a $250 fine for her existing right now. You're not allowed to touch her. This guy was such... A loser of a human being. And immediately after that, I see him looking at somebody and how they parked their car and start getting onto his little intercom thing on his shirt or his little, you know, walkie-talkie and talking about how he thinks he can write a ticket for somebody who's parked a certain way or whatever. And I just, man, I could not leave this guy. I had to keep bitching him out. I followed him around, bitching at him until he finally threatened that he was going to call a real cop and have me taken off the property for harassing him. And I'm like, all right, I guess I've reached my limit. But the lesson to be learned about this story is to always be on the lookout for a park ranger douchebag. Because the fact of the matter is, they live to give you a fine or a ticket. That is what they love to do it, it's in their blood. They enjoy it. It gives them an enjoyable rush of dopamine to see themselves writing you a ticket. That's why they took the job because they're scum. So be careful out there. Keep your dog on a leash. And other than that, enjoy the disc golfing courses in Oregon during the 30% of the year where it's actually not pouring down rain. Thank you very much for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, folks. It means the world to me to have listeners just like you. And I will talk to you tomorrow. And there's only one way to truly, in a song format, signify how rude a park ranger is when they write you a ticket without speaking to you or letting you plead your case. And that is a song by Revolution called Too Rude. Here it is.
1: Coming real with you Yes, I'm gonna tell you how I feel Cause I'm feeling the times Like, shorter than I thought And your words might spark another fight And that's why I sing the situation Now listen see, patience is the demonstration Like why I gotta be so tough and make a statement You too rude, take no and no more hating. You too rude To you, and yeah, you know you're too rude. Yes, you're too rude. But why you gotta bring such attitude? First thing I notice when you speak, you sound as if the world hates you. That's why you seek to punish everybody, every passing, everything. And yet nobody's mad at you. Learn some gratitude, Jeb. Yeah. You wanna know the missing piece?